Listening to episode five of Tatami Room Jiko Shokai. I'll get to what that means exactly in just a moment. I wanted to start by saying the day that this podcast uh, drops or comes out will mark one month of my residence in Nishinomote, which I think is really cool. It's a great milestone uh, to have kind of passed and have behind me. I think that, you know, if I can survive for a month here, I can survive for a year. And in fact, I'm already thinking of perhaps recontracting uh, come winter, but we'll see about that as, uh, as more time passes. I didn't end up getting to teach on Friday of this week. It was a self-introduction, so I will have an episode about teaching classes next week and uh, this week it'll be a little bit different but I promise that it'll be just as entertaining. This week kind of marked anticipation and prep week for everyone on the island as uh, everyone was kind of getting their stuff together for before school started so it was, it was kind of uh, <laughs> everyone was kind of in a frenzy. In any case, this week I'll be talking about daily life, which will include jiko shokai, or self-introductions, buying a car, perhaps, and my first judo class in Nishinomote, the, I don't know how aptly named, current events section will feature Stoicism and Marcus Aurelius, and I will close with the stat and word of the week. Thank you all for tuning in for this week's episode of The Tommy Room. Let's cut to the chase. Welcome back to the daily life section, everyone. I'll be starting off with Jiko Shokai. Jiko Shokai, like I mentioned, are self-introductions. You can also say Aisatsu, um, which is meeting. <laughs> I guess this is a little bonus word of the week for everyone. But I have 10 schools that I'll be rotating between and teaching at. And so basically what this week looked like for me from Tuesday to Friday was going to each school, dri driving around on you know, the northern uh, part of the island and visiting every school where I had kind of a, a range of Jiko Shokais. I was being paraded around like I was some like <laughs> trophy animal or something and I had to wear a suit which um, Tanegashima is uh, kind of close to the equator and it's pretty hot and humid so I was uh, <laughs> not very happy about that but you know we made it uh, the the greetings or meetings the range there's a bunch of different types so I had meetings where I met the principal only where I met the kocho and the Kyoto sensei, so the principal and the vice principal, where I met everyone, so that was the vice principal, the principal, and other teachers. So they were always, and, and the thing is, no one told me how the greeting, like what kind of greeting we would be doing. So, my, or at least my supervisor didn't. It's always kind of a surprise that, you know, I walk in and suddenly everyone just stands up and I'm doing the greeting or I walk in and I get ushered into the principal's room and I'm just giving an introduction to one person. So some some principals were really friendly and I really enjoyed getting to meet a couple of them. They were more relaxed, like they asked me personally questions, they asked personal questions and really tried to kind of excuse me, get to know me. 
Um, other principals, other faculty, perhaps not as friendly. I recall there was one school that I went to where the principal like didn't really talk. And in another school, the principal mainly addressed my supervisor who was sitting next to me instead of like asking me a question. I don't know if that's because he thought my Japanese was really bad and uh, he didn't want to talk to me because of that or he thought I wouldn't understand or because... He, his English wasn't good, and because he didn't want to have to translate anything, he was just avoiding that altogether and just talking to my supervisor. I don't know which one it was, but that one kind of threw me for a loop. <laughs> I mean, I knew it wasn't, I didn't think it was anything like I did something catastrophic. Why I was assuming that it was just something that, you know, either the personality of the principal or just some custom, I suppose. But I was mentioning it to my supervisor after, like, <laughs> in, in America, I think if you go to, like, a meeting and you're meeting with someone and they do not talk to you at all during that meeting or very little, then it's, uh, it's, it's a sign that it's not going well so that was kind of interesting so every time I did one of these jiko shokais or self-introductions like I'd have the same speech drilled down and like by the end of the week I had this thing like fully memorized you know like a five minute little Japanese speech um and yeah I, I forgot to mention but I'm doing all of this all the introductions in Japanese um, just because I think that's, well, they wouldn't understand. Uh, most of the people on the island don't speak English, so English wouldn't really be a good tool. And, you know, it's good Japanese practice for me. But I had this five-minute speech memorized, you know, hi, my name is 22 years old. This is my college. This is where I'm from. Um, I'm actually Hungarian. Uh, this is my my favorite sport is judo. <laughs> that always threw everyone for a loop. I think it was... You know, when someone talks about their, a, someone who is not from Japan is talking about their favorite sport, they don't usually expect judo to come up. So everyone was pretty, <laughs> pretty surprised when I said that. Um, but yeah, I, it was, it was really tiring, but I'm glad that I got it out of the way. I'm, if I'm completely honest, I forgot every single, per, every single person's names. I'm good with faces. Like if I've seen your face somewhere before, I'll be able to recognize you even if I we didn't really know each other for long like that's that's the type of memory that I'm good with names on the other hand oh man I'm getting a bunch of names thrown at me um so it's gonna be a, a whole nother process of learning you know 20 different principals vice principals in addition to the the English teachers and other teachers that I'll be working with and then that's not even speaking of all the children whose names I have to memorize you know, luckily, some of the schools that I'll be teaching at only have like five kids per grade or something like that. It's really like really small, appallingly small. Um, but then others will have like sixty per grade or something. So it's it's gonna be a, a daunting task. Hopefully, I uh, hopefully I can manage. But but I have I have faith. Um, and on Friday, I thought I was going to teach, uh, like I hinted at in last week's episode, but I actually ended up doing kind of another mini introduction at this uh, school's opening, like assembly slash ceremony. And I did my did my little spiel again. All the kids are <laughs> they were incredibly surprised, um, and I even got called up to do like rock paper scissors. Um, and for, with the, with the kids, or, you know, I'd be up at, up at the podium and I'd do the sign and, 
Um, the kids would be doing it themselves and they'd see if they won against me, that type of thing. I put paper three times, but <laughs> you know, the kids got a, a laugh out of that. But what was interesting is, so in Japan, I think it's not like rock, paper, scissors, it's like rock, scissor, paper. Um, and so I was trying to say like rock, paper, scissors, shoot. And then the, the principal corrected me. He's like, no, 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 here we do like rock, paper, scissors, go. And so I was, I, I almost started stuttering on stage because like my, in my mind, it's so ingrained, like, okay, rock, paper, scissors, shoot, boom. But I had to, I had to make a conscious effort to kind of change that little lingo, but it all, it all worked out in the end. In any case, I want to transition to um, another pretty exciting part of my week, which was uh, buying a car. <laughs> I I have actually, uh, I I have become the proud owner of a uh, small uh, light blue uh, Suzuki. Um, I believe it's this is kind of crazy to me, uncharted territory, because it'll be the first car that I'll actually own. I've been driving for about three years now, but that's always been using one of my parents' vehicles. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't think I would have believed anyone had they told me a couple of years ago that the first car I would purchase would be this small little K car in uh, in Japan. But, but here I am. And uh, so I just said K cars. Some, some of you might be familiar with how the Japanese car system works. But basically, there's normal size cars and there's K cars. The K cars are cheaper and they're smaller and they're like little box cars, um, almost like uh, little, little bumper cars at like a summer festival kind of. But I, I mean, they're good and <laughs> they're good for me because they're cheap. Um, and uh, mine was about 250,000 yen, give or take. It's about 1,700 US dollars, something like that, if I'm pretty sure. I'm, I was kind of balling on a budget. Like, <laughs> the jet program pays a decent amount. It, it's, you, if you're interested, you can look up the contract. It's the public information. But I'm definitely not living like a, a princely lifestyle out here on the island for sure. I think some of that was uh, apparent when I talked about my living situation. But yeah, it, it looks uh, the car looks good. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm excited. It doesn't have a mid middle console but it should work. So it was kind of funny how the whole purchase and uh, the procedure went because I asked my supervisor like, hey, I kind of want a car to be able to get around the island. He said, okay, he'll take care of it. He didn't really talk about it and then randomly brings it up and tells me that we have an appointment with the car center. So we go to the car center on like Monday or Tuesday. We tell them like, hey, this is the kind of car we're looking for. I'm looking for one that's like pretty cheap. And then he's like, okay, we'll get back to you. And I, I don't know how long that meant, but like a day or two later, he called us back and he's like, okay, found it. Here's the car. And then I got out my like ink on or stamp and I was doing, <laughs> I was doing the pompon um, and boom. And now I have the document with me. The car will be arriving in uh, next week or so, I believe. Um, so that's, that's exciting, but it all, I, I kind of hesitate on making big purchases. So it was kind of funny how I was just like, okay, <laughs> I'm along for the ride, I guess we're buying the car, I suppose. Um, but yeah, now I got, I have that figured out and, uh, I'm, I'm glad for it because, uh, that one beach that was really nice that I mentioned in a previous episode, 
that beach is quite far away. It's about like six kilometers um, for my American friends. That's about like three and a half miles, something like that. Um, so, but it's it's not a comfortable walking distance, and that's that's the that's the main point. So the car will definitely help help me get there. The final thing I wanted to talk about in the current events section of the week is judo. <laughs> I finally got to do some judo on my island. It's, it was the first time, and uh, boy, I missed being on the tatami. So it, it was nice to be back. Basically, I was able to um, meet the coach of the judo club here. It's the judo club for like elementary uh, schoolers. It's Tuesday, Thursday, um, 90 minute sessions, very nice coach. Um, the class is quite small, like there's only five elementary school children, but they all, they're all very nice. So um, I had a lot of fun. I admit, I was a little nervous at first, uh, because <laughs> I wasn't sure if they would be able to understand me. Um, I, it's a little hard to teach when, uh, when your pupils don't exactly know what you're getting at. And I was also nervous because so the coach, I think he's like a fourth degree black belt or something, but he knows his judo. And I wasn't sure how well my judo would hold up given Japanese standards, but I think I, I think I did all right. I think they, uh, I demonstrated my technique to the kids and the, and the, the sensei was, uh, well, he approved. So I'll, I'll take that. Um, kind of a funny uh, corollary is we went out with the um, the the coach or the sensei. Um, I went out with him for some ramen, and his uh, well, he was there with his girlfriend, um, two two of the kids, and uh, like a pair of grandparents, um, and uh, and basically we were eating ramen, and uh, we were just like having a good time. And, uh, like whenever, so the, the coach would say something funny and you know, when, you know, you're, there's a, you're a couple and your significant other says something funny, you kind of give them like a nice playful slap. Well, she was doing something that was similar to that, but I think she, you know, the coach said something and I, I was laughing, everyone's laughing and she started, you know, girlfriends also laughing and she just smacks the crap out of him. I was like, oh my gosh. Um, I, I almost, I almost started laughing, um, because it was, that was not like a little friend, friendly slap. Like, I don't know what's going on over there, but that like, you could kind of hear like a little bang <laughs> on, uh, when, when that happened. So that, that kind of, kind of made me laugh and I, I raised my eyebrows, but just, I just kept eating my ramen. So the ramen was really good. So I, you know, I can't blame me for that. All right, let's uh, let's move on to the break, and after the break, we'll have a section about uh, Stoicism and Marcus Aurelius coming right up. All right, everyone, welcome back to the current events section, which will feature something a little less current: <laughs> Stoicism and Stoics. So the reason for this. Uh, the inspiration behind this segment is I've been reading a lot while I've been in Ishinomote, and uh, one of the books given to me by my good friend Ria is about this, uh, written by this cognitive behavioral therapist who examines stoicism through the lens of Marcus Aurelius and his meditations, and I've really taken a liking to the book. In fact, now I've started listening to an audiobook of the meditations themselves, so... 
yeah, let's let's get to it. We all know, or a lot of us know, someone that you can point to and say, "Oh, this person or so and so is is stoic," um, or they they are being stoic right now. But being stoic, like the character trait of you know being stoic, is different than the philosophy. You know, someone who is stoic is resolute of character and apparently immune to physical pain and whatnot but stoicism the actual philosophy it's uh, not just about like being this uh you know someone unperturbed by anything you know it's not someone who's like cold and frigid or something like that but yeah stoicism um was this school of thought founded by zeno in uh, around 300 bc and was carried on by the likes of chrysippus uh, Zeno was heavily influenced by Socratic dialogues, you know, ones where Socrates pulls up in his toga and owns all the Greeks, including Thrasymachus. <laughs> um, and uh, so Stoicism kind of blew up in popularity back in the day and ended up taking over Cynicism as the dominant philosophy of the time. So what Stoicism is really about is trying to be free from suffering and pain. And to do that, you need to learn self-control so you can overcome harmful emotions and overwhelming passions. And so a way that you can do that, according to Marcus Aurelius, is live your life or direct your life in accordance with virtues. And some of the chief virtues that he talks about are things like wisdom, courage, and temperance. And uh, all this kind of sounds like very over-the-top and philosophical, but I've enjoyed reading it because it's... uh, Stoicism is something that you can take and kind of apply back to your daily life. And it isn't the kind of self-help that you see on Instagram reels where someone's like, yeah, take a cold shower a day and the problems will go away kind of vibe. It's not like that. Um, And that's because Stoicism is as much a philosophy as it is a practice, right? Stoicism, you don't need to read the works of Seneca five times to become a Stoic. It's more about, or you can also practice it in your day-to-day life. Um, And I find that, or I found that a really attractive component of Stoicism. You know, I've I majored in philosophy at UW, and a lot of uh, philosophy can be very far removed from from our lives, and that's that's why some people find it boring, and I don't blame them because sometimes it can be. You know, when Aristotle talks about the stars and planets and fire and whatnot, and then you're like, okay, well, how would how is this going to help me? But Stoicism is as much a philosophy as it is as it is something that you can use in your day to day life to kind of try to be better, just look bit by bit. Um, my favorite parts so far have been this one time when Marcus Aurelius uh, talks about this emerald and how it does not need praise uh, from people to be beautiful, right? And it just goes to kind of exemplify that if you do something that's, let's say, an admirable action, it doesn't require the praise of others to be an admirable action. The action in and of itself is admirable. You know, whether others praise you for it or not, shouldn't really matter you know it's the action is still admirable and uh yeah you don't need others say so uh for that 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 to be kind of 
validated, right? The other part that I really, <laughs> I enjoyed reading was uh, Marcus Aurelius talking about um, how he can take, how he takes joy in being temperate. You know, temperance is basically, you know, being able to withhold um, yourself from certain pleasures or do things in moderation instead of like, okay, eating two Big Macs, you say, okay, I'm not, I'm only going to go for one Big Mac or I'm not, I'm not going to go for a Big Mac at all. And doing that action, you know, finding joy that you were able to kind of, you know, put yourself on the right path of like, okay, no, I, I held strong this time. I think that's really cool. Um, and so, yeah, I, I really recommend if anyone has the time to go ahead and, uh, do a little bit more research into Stoic philosophy. I found it very interesting, and uh, I hope you do too. But with that being said, let's cut to the word and the stat of the week after a short break. All right, welcome back, everyone, to the end of the show. Let's get to our words and stat of the week. So for the word of the week, I have three, and they're not really words. They're all counters. Counters are um, little particles uh, in Japanese that you use when you are saying, uh, when you're counting things. That could They vary based on the type of object that is being counted, um, whether it's a small object, large object, like... <laughs> small flat object and so on and so forth but the three counters i have for you all this week are kai which is the number of times that an event has occurred um hon which is used for like long cylindrical objects like pens and bottles and ko which is used for small things like apples if i want to say like something has occurred twice i would say like, ni kai or three times san kai um, if I have one pen or bottle, one long cylindrical object, that'd be ippon. If I have one small thing, like one apple, it'd be ikko. So all of these are, are counters, and the English equivalent would be like a slice of cake or a pair of shoes or a bunch of bananas. And it, we don't really think about these when using them. They just kind of come to mind. And I assume it's like that in Japanese for uh, native Japanese speakers as well. But I've been having having a hard time with them, um, particularly because I think they're a little bit more nuanced in Japanese than in English. Um, but yeah, I actually made a bet with my supervisor that I would have a bunch of these memorized, um, you know, how, how to count you know, a bunch of with a bunch of counters from zero to like twelve or something, and so on Monday, if I can recite them to him, then uh, he has to buy me a coffee from the vending machine. And if I lose, then I have to buy him a coffee. So <laughs> hopefully, I win. I'm feeling pretty confident. But yeah, Kai Hon and Ko are your words of the week. For the stat of the week, uh, it will be three hundred and fifty. Uh, 350 is the number of kanji needed for the N3 kanji test. Um, bear in mind, these are 350 new kanji that you need to learn in addition to the ones that you need to know for from N5 and N4. 
Um, so N, these N5s, 4s, uh, 3s correspond to levels of Japanese proficiency, N1 being the highest and N5 being the lowest. And the reason I am using this as the stat of the week is because as of now I have signed up for the Japanese language proficiency test or JLPT in December um, and I signed up for the N3. <laughs> that is it's going to be quite a challenge. I am, I have a decent chunk of the 350 new kanji I need to have memorized. Um, I jotted down, but it's uh, it's really going to force me to push myself in terms of learning Japanese and uh, really make sure that I I'm studying every single day and I'm 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 putting a good chunk of effort in. If I'm able to pass the N3, that would be <laughs> that would be a really um, that I'd be really happy with it. So hopefully that does happen. And uh, if I'm able to pass the N3, then N2 is next, and N2 is uh, considered by many to be like basically fluent. Um, so yeah, I don't know how long the transition from N3 to N2 will take, or if I'm able to pass the N3. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try my hardest, and apparently someone um someone i know who who's uh who's taken the jlpt i think they're n1 or n2 they were recently telling me that i'm already comfortably in, at an n3 level which <laughs> it was good to hear but i still think i have a lot ahead of me so i'm just gonna keep grinding and uh keep putting in putting the work in so now that's your uh stat of the week 350 and uh let's proceed to uh to the outro um everything's uh all wrapped up now um I won't <laughs> next week I won't or and I probably can't delay the teaching episode because um starting Monday I will be teaching. I think I start with at uh well maybe I won't say the name of the elementary school, but I start at an elementary school. So, uh, I'll I'll be starting at around 10:30. Um, so the next episode should be all about how my first week actually teaching goes. Um Funny enough, uh, basically my first le lessons to the students will be another like Jiko Shokai or introductions, but they will be more gamified. So hopefully it's more fun for them and for me. In any case, thank you so much for listening to episode five of the Tommy Room Jiko Shokai. I hope you've had a great week and that you have one next week. This has been your host, Martin. I uh, look forward to having you back here soon. Peace and love. <laughs>